Welcome to this bonus episode of the Left Behind Game Club. This is a follow-up to our Warhammer The End Times Vermintide episode number 22. Mo and I spoke over Discord with Victor Magnuson. He is a game designer and producer at Fat Shark Games. They are currently working on Warhammer Vermintide 2, a follow-up to the original game we played a few weeks ago. In this interview, we talk through Victor's journey up until now, as well as the original game released in 2015, and its sequel, whose exact release date has not yet been announced. Let's get into it. You're listening to the Left Behind Game Club. Um, so one of the cool things that uh, that we kind of uh, found out is you started in finance, right? Um, originally. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the cool thing about that is I did the exact same thing. So um, I, I, st- I went through business school. I went through the finance route and I started working in insurance and I hated it. Um, and yeah. <laughs> I, I switched into uh, development quite recently, maybe within the past two years. And now I'm a full-time developer. How did you kind of go through that? Like, what was the transition like? What made you switch? And what did you do kind of in that process? Well, it went down like this. I In Sweden, we have, uh, or we used to have, uh, mandatory uh, military service. So I did that after I finished uh, like our equivalent of college. Uh, and then after that, I didn't really know what to study and what to do. And then I just, I met an old friend of mine over like New Year's and he was studying, uh, finance in a small university city called Lund here in Sweden. And he was like, you should just come down and just, uh, study something. I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> so I decided that night that I was going to Lund and start studying finance and like, I didn't, it wasn't like a big passion for me or anything. It was just like, I didn't really know what to do or what I wanted to do with my life. And finance just felt like, like economics and finance is always something good to like, it's a good backbone, whatever you want to do in the future. So I ended up studying finance for about like three years. And how it ended was I I had like a summer internship at one of the big, uh, like, um, stockbrokers here in in Stockholm and I just felt that it was like the most boring job ever and like if I got my boss's job I would like kill myself and then another old friend of mine had uh, started studying game design and uh, arts in uh, another small city called Visby and I had no idea that you could study game design at all I've just never heard of it it never really occurred to me that it was even possible this was like 12 years ago or something like that uh so i i was still i wasn't done with my finance studies but then i just stopped studying finance and moved to visby started studying game design and uh, and art i never thought like the first when i when i applied to the school i was like i'm never going to get in but i just sent some like random application and i got in and i was like okay <laughs> and i went over there and started studying game design and like gaming has has always been like my biggest uh, passion and like my absolutely biggest hobby and i and even before that i was like thinking about going into either the music industry or the movie industry because uh, i always felt that i wanted to do something creative or something maybe not be the creative person because like i couldn't write music i couldn't sing or i couldn't play any instruments but i wanted to work within 
a creative industry. So I felt like working at like a record company or something like that. When I was supposed to study, when I went to school, I just played video games anyway. So, <laughs> so I might as well put that, that all that knowledge to work. And, uh, and then it just, uh, yeah, it just clicked. So I went there for three years. That's so funny because I, as you were starting off with that, I, I looked over at Jake and I started laughing because I went through almost a similar thing. I started working for a big pension fund here in Canada and yeah. uh, it was like just working for making money and it was just like you. I went through the, fi- uh, the finance and business because it's a good thing to be in and it's a good yeah. place to have. It's a safe bet. It's literally that. Yeah, so, exactly. So th- that's exactly what happened and then I just I stopped learning. It was very like repetitive work, like not really th- thinking and I said, you know what? I need to, fi- I need to find something I'm passionate in and it, it kind of organically occurred. Like I I started doing like weekend coding classes and stuff like that and it snowballed and I found my passion and it's 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 kind of really cool to meet someone else who kind of went through the exact same thing and now you're yeah. a designer that's, that's that's really neat yeah, like 12 years ago uh like studying game design and gaming it wasn't really a big thing I, I think this university that I went to was one of the first ones in Sweden that had it there there was some like uh, smaller schools that had some uh, like uh, I don't know what's called in English, but it's like a two-year thing where you you're supposed to like learn a profession. So there were some of those, but it like it was still not a really a big thing. So I just couldn't imagine that you could do it. So it just felt like whoa, what what you can you can study to make games? <laughs> Someone <laughs> like, will okay, pay you money to do this. Do what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you've been at Fat Shark almost since the beginning. Uh, do you want to tell us what your journey at Fat Shark was like? Yeah, so I started there like one year after I finished uh, my education. I started at Fat Shark as a QA, or like the, I was their first QA. This was uh, back when we were still like a subsidiary company of a other Swedish company called Grin. Uh, when I started working, we were we helped them develop uh, what's it called, the uh, Terminator Salvation we did all of the like rail sequences in that game. And then we started work. We were supposed to make the sequel to wanted, which was another green game that they had made. Uh, so we were working on a game called wanted Two, but it never became anything. We did like one level and we were sort of prototyping and doing stuff. But then, um, green, uh, went bankrupt. And, uh, cause they were doing this game with, um, what was it? Square Enix. They were doing some Final Fantasy game, and it never. It's it's a it's a pretty well known story here in Sweden, at least in the Swedish games industry. Like Square Enix, and that it just went. All of a sudden, they just stopped talking to them. I don't know. I don't know exactly what happened, but all of a sudden, they just ran out of money and uh, they went bankrupt. So we really didn't know what to do. But what we had was we had a version of their engine called Diesel, which we were working in. And we used that to make a game called Lead and Gold. So I was QA on Lead and Gold, which is a third-person uh, multiplayer Western shooter that we did. Uh, we worked for that on like one year or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I became a game designer because we uh, started doing like back then. We also did uh, like work for hire for other studios mm-hmm. uh, still. So uh, we got contacted by a studio called Easy, which was a subsidiary to Dice, and they did like free-to-play games for uh, Dice. So they did uh, what's it called? Battlefield Heroes was their game that they had made, and they were, they wanted to make a uh, another one of those, which was going to be based on Battlefield Two, 
which turned into a game called Battlefield Play for Free. So that was my first sort of game designer job. Uh, I did like all the weapons and uh, some of the like uh, skill trees and stuff for for that game, which was like it, it was basically it was Battlefield Two, but or like the maps were were Battlefield Two, but then we did like a free to play version of it. And then I came back to so I was actually working at EC in the Dice office for almost a year. And their offices are in Stockholm too, right? Yeah, they they, they are located in Stockholm. They we are really uh, they're like two blocks away from our office. Uh, and then I came back to Fat Shark again, and then we made a game called Crater, which was my first sort of real game designer job, uh, which was a crazy experience because we were trying to make like this weird little RPG in like. 10 months with like 10 people and uh, it was uh, we totally overscoped it and <laughs> it turned out pretty cool but it's a it's a really strange little game that it was like top down and then in post apocalyptic sweden right that was the premise yeah, of crater exactly. <laughs> yeah uh, it's a really cute little cool game but i mean we never really had time to really finish it. I think it's like when we when we when we released it it was sort of it was really hard to like look at the game because you just knew everything that you wanted to do, and we never had time to finish. But like looking back at it, back at it now, I'm pretty proud of it because it's a it's actually a pretty cool little game. It's it's a weird little game, but it's it's a it's it's pretty awesome. Uh, and then um, we did um, Escape from Dead Island. We did the War of the Roses, where the Vikings. We did a game called before that. We did a game called uh, Hamilton's Great Adventure, and we did uh, Bionic Commando Rearmed Two. Then we did Vermintide One, and now Vermintide Two. I think. How did that uh, the Vermintide? I guess the Vermintide One come together. Like, was there? How did you guys get the connection with uh, Warhammer and that brand? Yeah, <laughs> it's a weird story. Uh, our uh, or the game director for Vermintide, uh, Anders, he's a hardcore old school warhammer guy oh, okay. uh, and he he used to be our um, art director and he's, he's still like our art director but now he's become more of a game director um so he uh it was i think it was at the end of uh like war of the roses or something like that he he felt like we have a really good way of doing melee combat because we both world of roses and world of vikings were like um, third person melee combat multiplayer games uh and wouldn't it be cool if we like did a Warhammer game? And so he just sent an email to Games Workshop's uh, customer service and like said, "Hi, I'm a Swedish game developer. Uh, we we want to make a Warhammer game. Uh, who should I talk to?" <laughs> they were like, uh, "Okay, you should maybe <laughs> talk to this guy." <laughs> uh, and this was around the time when Take Two, I guess. Yeah, Take Two that went bankrupt right uh, i think it was thq thq yeah thq sorry thq exactly so well, that's, that's around that time so uh like all of the i think they had i don't know what their deal was but i it, back in back then it was like almost only thq that did warhammer games uh so we just saw an op- opportunity and they like looked at our games and said like yeah you, it sounds like a really awesome idea and we said so what we want to do is we want to take Left 4 Dead and, and mix it with Warhammer. We think it's going to be a really cool idea. And we I think we pitched them some other idea as well. Um, and they really liked the, the Left 4 Dead Warhammer idea. 
And then uh, we flew over to them and talked to them, and then it just went from there. But it all started with an email to their customer service. So, so what, what's pretty cool about this game is uh, Vermintide is now canon within the universe of Warhammer. Uh, yeah. Can you tell us how you interact with Games Workshop on a day-to-day basis when you want to make new weapons, new characters, etc.? Yeah, so they uh, approve absolutely everything we do. Like every every uh, concept art, every line of dialogue, every every asset. Um, and then we do like fly-throughs for the, every level. We yeah, So they really approve everything. But the thing is that we are uh, as hardcore Warhammer fanatics as they are so... It's never been an issue for us at all because we haven't got. We I think there's like one thing that they have really like said. Okay, that's taken it too far. It was some kind. It was doing like Vermintide One. We wanted to do some kind of a like a Skaven uh, digging machine, and they thought it was too like uh, sci-fi or something. Oh, like that. But okay. otherwise, everything has like gone through. We have very little problems with like us wanting to do stuff, and then that's just because like before we we go to them, we have already had like the discussion in-house, like, is this okay? Uh, can we do this? Is this Warhammer? Uh, would a dwarf do this? Would an elf do this? And stuff like that. So we have like self-censoring <laughs> before we get to them. So it's never been a problem for us. Do they ever, do they give you any creative direction in general or do they just give you the, say, hey, go ahead, create something and then you pass it along to them? What, what's the process like that way? Yeah, but we, we have this constant discussions with them. Like, uh, I, I think it was their idea to set it in uh, the end times. I'm not sure about this because I, I wasn't actually part of that discussion, but I'm pretty sure it came from them because this was before the end times had happened. Uh, and I think they, they felt like, okay, we got this thing that's going to happen. Uh, it was like very hush-hush and very secret. Like, uh in like one and a half years, we're gonna completely blow up the whole uh, universe of Warhammer. So this is like a perfect fit for you guys. So you should jump on the end times train. And we were like, yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> it's gonna be really cool to like be. And it was also really cool to be working on something that wasn't sort of uh, known yet and like was really fresh and was really happening at the same time as we were developing the game. So. We were getting like the books of the end times, maybe like a month before they actually hit the the stores. But it was it was that sort of uh, so we we didn't know exactly what was going to happen either when we were developing the game. So we like got the book and started reading. Oh, oh, okay, that's what, <laughs> that's what we're working on. <laughs> yeah, so so this is what's going on. Uh, but uh, so I think I think at least like end times I know came from them. So as you know, we recently played the first game in the series. Um, mm-hmm. If someone listening to this has not played uh, Vermintide or even seen Vermintide, um, yeah. what would you say the general pitch for the game is? What are the pillars of this game? So we, we the, the thing that we did when we designed uh, Vermintide was that we we had really strong pillars. So uh, the the first one was like stay true to Warhammer. That was our first thing. We wanted we wanted to. Uh, show Warhammer in a way where it, we sort of as if it was happening for real, like not in a stylistic way, but in a like as, as realistic as we could do it. Like if Warhammer was a real place, how would it look and how would it feel? Because that was like our first pillar. Then the second one was co-op. So it's a uh, true to the, in like every design decision in this game, we make sure that we feel that it supports or like enforces co-op. So it's a very, hardcore co-op game where you need to cooperate with your other players or you're going to die. 
Like we we have it's in the it's in the same formula as I mean we're following like Left for Dead. Like we we see Left for Dead as a genre more than a uh, like or like we we see like Left for Dead they they created their own co op genre like where you actually need and requires you to cooperate otherwise you will die. Like uh, a lot of co op games. You can just like it's okay. It's more fun to co-op, but you don't really have to. Like it doesn't really matter. You can just solo it and kill everything your own. Uh, but and so we have in, like in the same way as Left for Dead has, we have uh, like specials that you can't take care of yourself. Like if you get caught one of these, you need to have your friends help you. Um, and then we we what we wanted to add to it was like we want to add a sense of progression. Was it for for Vermintide One? Like so we wanted to add. We felt like if like Left 4 Dead, it's an awesome game, but it, it's what is it like? Fourteen years old now. Uh, so how could we make it feel fresh and like uh, as a as a modern game? So we felt like we need some kind of progression. We need some kind of a loot system or something like that that really keeps you playing and and gives you an incentive to play more and do stuff like that, and also just to expand on what you can do. So we added some uh, in like Vermintide One, we had a pretty—it was pretty basic the loot system, but it, it was—I mean, we had a lot of different weapons, so that that wasn't so basic. But it was like the progression system wasn't that deep. We didn't have like—you uh, didn't really—you le- leveled up, but it didn't really mean anything. It, Don't sell yourself short. With those, whenever I rolled those dice and I got something new <laughs> and cool, I was loving life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no. But what I mean with that is like we—it's we, not an RPG. Yeah, that's what I mean. It, it's yeah. an action game first and foremost. It's not like a. RPG yeah. where you it, it's like it, it the the loot you get is sort of it's a it's it's gonna help you it's gonna make you a little bit more powerful but it's at the in the end of the day it's it's your skill that's gonna yeah. sort of be the most uh, deciding factor if you're gonna survive or not yeah and that some of your progression is really tied to the weapons that you pick up through the loot system right yeah 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 exactly um so uh, before we ask you any questions about um vermintide 2 um we wanted to ask you about um your support for vermintide 1 uh you put mm-hmm. out tons of patches and tons of dlc for the game um and that's a that's a costly thing to do um how yeah. did you decide that you wanted to support the game for so long well the thing with vermintide is that how we could afford to do vermintide because it's self-published and self-financed is that we uh, created this engine called, it was called the BitSquid engine. Uh, we had a subsidiary company called BitSquid that we sold to Autodesk, like, what is it now, five years ago or something like that. And then, then it became the Stingray engine. So with the money that we made from that, uh, from that deal, we sort of put all of it into making our dream game, sort of. Uh, so we really could call the shots 100% on what we wanted to do. So when we like this was the first time we really had a chance to 100% support this game that we had made so we were going to do it basically <laughs> so uh we just uh, i mean we we decided early on that we we're going to do like some paid DLC and then uh in between those we're going to have as much free content as we can and just keep working on the game cuz you really see with games like nowadays if you support them and you update them with stuff, people are going to like stick around and you're going to find a new audience. And I mean, I think we sold maybe in the beginning, maybe first month we sold maybe 300,000 copies or something like that. And that was awesome. Uh, and that was like all we really had to sell to sort of break even for the game. And then over the 
coming two years, we've sold, now we've sold over 2 million copies. Wow, congrats. And that's just because we have continuously, like, updating the game, releasing new, uh, like, bigger, like, paid uh, content updates with new levels, and but also doing this free stuff in between. And it's, I mean, I think that's how a game should be nowadays. Like, look at... Um, like Rainbow Six uh, is a really good example of of I think Ubisoft in general are awesome at keeping their games alive nowadays. It's really impressive what they're doing. Like Rainbow Six when it came out, everybody it sort of felt like it was dead on arrival, but they've been pushing that thing and they've been adding to it, and now it's a really big game. Like it's one of the uh, biggest like multiplayer games. And when it came out, it felt like this is not going to go anywhere, but now it's like it's really solid and you can like see people playing it all the time. So I think that's what you should do. If you have something that you really like and you really care about, you should just keep on adding to it. And so that's what we did. Yeah. And uh, it seems like you guys love to keep the community happy. You're growing like a fan base that follows you. Um, How how do you guys kind of pay attention to them and like maybe take some tips or suggestions for the game? How do you put that into the game, especially like late in development, especially for Vermintide 2? Like so Vermintide's Mm -hmm. done. Now you guys are focusing on Vermintide 2. Like if someone if if you see a group on a Reddit page or something, say, hey, we really don't like this type of uh, NPC. Like what, what, what do you how do you take that info and how do you put it into the game? I mean, it it all depends. Some things we just can't fix, and or it would cost us way too much. Uh, but if it's something that we can actually do something about, we try to do it. It's. Uh, I think something also that happened with Vermintide was it was at least for us the first game after like the streaming revolution happened. So we could watch people playing the game, and we could see what they were doing, and we could see how. They were playing the game and like in a, in, in the most genuine way ever, yeah. like actually see, okay, they are not understanding this or this is really frustrating. And then of course we, we read like Reddit and uh, Steam forums and forums and everything like all the time. But also that can be sort of tricky because you don't know if it's like a true um, opinion because it's it's a small minority that we, that are it's a really vocal minority that are on Reddit, so you never know if yeah. it's going to be true. But uh, being able to both have that, like you can go onto Reddit, you can read what people are saying, and then go and see people actually playing the game and see that okay, this is probably something that we should fix. It's has been awesome. So so it's pretty pretty much what you're saying too is uh, now we have to worry about fat shark what watch, fat shark watching us in addition to the FBI with everything that we yeah, do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're always lurking everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, no, but I mean, like, uh, I constantly read Reddit like on my phone uh, when I'm like watching a movie and it's boring or something like that. I just take up my phone and watch. I uh, read the Reddit or like not everything, but a lot of it. Uh, and we have a community manager. He's really sort of. Uh, He's really uh, active on the forums, and some of our guys are really active. I I, I tend not to write so much because I'm afraid that what I write might become sort of... Uh, I, I don't I don't want to do promises that I can't keep, sort of. So I, I just try to not write anything. But I, I read everything, and we have a lot of people that read everything on, on, the, on the forums and stuff like that. So we, we try to keep... Awesome. Uh, yeah. Now with the now with Vermintide two the, the the big game coming up, um, what what would you say are the biggest changes or the things you guys are most proud of in designing these levels coming up in Vermintide two? My job on Vermintide two has been the I've been uh, the designer and the producer of the world team, so I've been working on the levels mainly. 
but this this goes through everything in environment too. It's just like so much bigger in scope in every possible direction. Like everything is, it looks better, it plays better. There's more of everything. It's just we've we've done done our damnest to just like have make sure that every event is unique or special and like uh, it's it's just more of everything. Like in Vermintide, we had what like ten different enemies or something like that, and now we I think we have twenty five or thirty. Wow. I'm not really sure. Uh, do you have a uh, favorite of the enemies? Yeah. Um, what would that be? It's hard. It's like picking one. Of yeah, them. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> or, or like, which one? Which one did you guys kind of like put together and say, "Wow, the the, the players are going to like this," or "This is going to be pretty neat," or anything in general like that? Yeah, I, I think one of them that I'm really happy with that it sort of it was because like the we the first design for the enemies we had like a me and the rest of the design team we it was uh, in May two years ago, so it's less than two years ago. Uh, I uh, I took them all home to my house and I uh, we grilled and we like sat and talked for a day and like discussed okay what we want to do uh, and we came up with the, the idea for the chaos spawn which is uh, one of the like uh, mini boss enemies or like rat ogre type of enemies and we were like joking around and like it were really cool if he can like lift 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 the player up and then use him as a weapon and then just start chewing him and, and throw him away and stuff like that. But we were like, oh, that's not <laughs> never gonna happen. Yeah. Like <laughs> that's the type thing. But and and then we actually have it in the game and that's really awesome. <laughs> that's cool. It was like when we come up, we was like, yeah, that uh, okay, yeah, that's a good idea, but it's yeah, that's never gonna work. <laughs> but then uh, but now it's here. For a long time, it seemed like it wasn't gonna work because we were trying to do it like too complicated it was but then we just why doesn't you just swipe and then you just has you and and then it worked out and it was like oh yeah <laughs> so uh, he's pretty awesome but um, so in the first game there was 10 different enemy types in this game yeah. there's 25 and that's because you have a completely different enemy class besides the skaven right yeah the the chaos faction and and, and more specifically the nurgle uh, chaos faction uh which is one of the like N- chaos is one of the i'd say one of the main uh Factions in Warhammer, they're they're the uh, big ass uh, like uh, warriors with the horns, and then like the, they're the archetypical Warhammer unit. If you don't know too much about Warhammer, uh, and that's something that I can say too, just to sort of get it out there. I, I'm not a old school Warhammer guy. Uh, before working on this project, I, I'm the I'm the sort of the the straight guy in the the group i'm the one that that had has not like i'm not, I'm not um, you need somebody that doesn't know everything so they can say okay i don't understand this what is this like <laughs> stuff like that. so I'm, I'm that guy that's my job um, and, and you know that that's good to hear because we come from it like i've played a few of the warhammer games the space mm-hmm. marine specifically mo has played the rts game but we are not by any means people that engage yeah i, I played those as well but i i yeah, that is, so I, I played, like, the video games, and I played, like, some Blood Bowl and stuff like that. And I, I knew about Warhammer, but uh, I, I just... I, I think I tried to get into it when I was small, but I was so bad at painting, so I just gave up instantly. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> um, uh, but, but, yeah, I think it's really important to have somebody like that on the team that can say, sort of, uh, okay, I, I understand that you think it's really cool that this guy is doing this, but... For me, it just means nothing. And so, because we wanted it to work for people that don't know anything about Warhammer. I, I think that was really important. We wanted it to be a game 
that could sort of introduce you to Warhammer and and be good. Even if it should it should work if you're like a super fan, and it should work if you know nothing about it, sort of. And so I, I'm I'm the guy who's checking if it's going to work if you know nothing. So one of the things that we saw um, when doing some research about the game was that um, you're adding career paths to the to the game mm-hmm. to kind of add that little RPG flair. I know you're working on levels uh, and the world, yeah. uh, but can you give us a little bit of a, a taste of what to expect with those career paths? Yeah, sure. Um, so in in Vermintide, we had five different uh, heroes. So they were it was an uh, a elf, a uh, a empire soldier. A uh, dwarven uh, ranger, and we had um, a witch hunter and a, 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 a what's it called, bright wizard. Um, yeah. So we wanted to the thing in in or like the one of the biggest sort of uh, feedbacks we gotten from the from when we released Vermintide that what people wanted more classes, but that is really hard for us to do because it's so much work to get these i mean i mean the, the the way we tell the story is the banter in between the characters and and to add a, a sixth character is to write like it's it's so much writing and so much dialogue and stuff that goes into that so and also we really liked our heroes so we wanted to keep our heroes um but we also wanted to add uh, lots of different new cool uh characters so we decided that like in between the games or something happens and they, they can now choose between three different careers. So instead of having five different uh, heroes, we in a way have 15 different heroes. It's just that they are played by the same five characters. Sort of. So each character now has three different career paths to choose from. And even more than in the, the previous game where really the only real difference between one hero to another hero was the different weapons they can use and the u- the weapons sort of dictated how they played. Now it's even like they all have a talent tree, so you can like spec them in different ways, uh, which adds even more customizations to e- even within one career. And they also have like a passive ability that really sort of uh, niches them or not niches them, but um, defines them. And also a like a special ability, like an ultimate from like um, Overwatch, similarly. Uh, that sort of also defines their role in the party. So this time around, you can like we were really proud that we in Vermintide you could really sort of customize uh, dependent on your playstyle. You could pick a hero and different weapons, and even if if that hero was taken, you could play with one of the other heroes, and he would have weapons or she would have weapons that lets you play in a special like or a specific sort of uh, playstyle that you wanted. But now it's just like we've taken that and just multiplied it by, I don't know, five or ten or something like that. It's so much you can do. Uh, and that's really, really awesome. And I think that's uh, the thing. And, and what it, some of that might scare some people out there. But but trust me, uh, we have been really, really, really careful to not like make this into an RPG where... Uh, like the only thing is that's important is like you have to level up and stuff like that, and it's 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 there. It's gonna it's gonna give you it's gonna support you to play the game like how you want to play it. But the most important thing is still like the the skill of the game. Yeah, so um, it won't be overwhelming or anything like that. It's just no, p- no, pick no, up and no. play, and then if your friend comes over, they can pick up and play kind of thing. Exactly, and like the one other thing that was sort of uh, the loot system in Vermintide One. Was I mean it, it worked and it was it's okay, but it, it, we got a lot of uh, uh, critique about it because it was 
pretty like sort of basic. And it was also the, the main problem with it was, at least from my standpoint, was like uh, if you were really lucky or actually really unlucky, like the first drop you could get was would be like a blue weapon. Yeah. And you can't really, or you, you, there's only one better weapon in the game, and that's an orange weapon, uh, like power wise. Uh, so basically, if you get a blue weapon the first drop you get, you are sort of screwed out of the whole loot system. It's like you're not going to progress anymore. Uh, so what we've done is we've added a power level system instead. So it will be much more linear, but at the same, but that it doesn't mean that it's become like a, uh, like Destiny or a like World of Warcraft or something like that, where you will go from like doing no damage to doing insane amounts of damage. It still has the same sort of uh, like when you start the game, you're going to be as in Vermintide One when you were playing with the basic game, with basic items with like the white weapons. And at the end of the end, end of the spectrum, it will be like you're playing with orange weapons or like. Uh, it's just that instead of making it so so like. So I don't know how to explain this really, but it was like really jaggy. It was like you get a, a, a new rarity and you jump like one step and that's and there's only like three steps in in the game. Now it's 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 gonna be a much smoother ride, like from having really crappy stuff to getting really good stuff. And there's the, gonna the, be the power ramp is like it it's slower, right? Yeah, I, uh, not necessarily slower it's it's more it's stable it's it's like a instead of it being like a, a steps it's a it's a curve sort of one of the things that i had a question about is like so one of the things when i was playing vermintide i found that like the difficulty was like fine no matter what like level i was playing um the mm. ai was really cool too like i'd never felt over overwhelmed and even when i was overwhelmed it was everything was spawning pretty fluidly um mm-hmm. h- how did you guys kind of tackle that was it just like how did how, where do you place the, sp- the the spawn places for each npc like what what's the thought process behind that it's uh completely random or there's a there's a system behind it that dictates where and what to spawn so the thing is like if you are taking damage or if you are dealing a lot of damage we we uh, we measure that and when you hit a certain threshold we stop spawning stuff or like if you if you encounter a horde, you will peek out, and then you will have a little bit of a smooth ride after that. We're not going to spawn as much, and then we start spawning again, and then we're going to send you specials and stuff like that. And then if you take a lot of uh, really hard beating, we're going to stop spawning and stuff like that. So there's a system that keeps control of how well you're doing. So if you're doing too well, we're going to stop start spawning even more. Yeah, so keep the blood pumping pretty much. Keep you exactly, on your yeah. toes no matter what situation you're yeah. in. So there's very limited... Like it's only in like the end events of the levels or like the events in levels where we actually sort of take control of the spawning and don't let the system decide. But even even there, we have some uh, systems that sort of kick in if it's going too badly and stuff like that. Or uh, so to make sure that you have a sort of a not not a smooth ride, but a consistent ride. And, and sometimes also, it's I mean part of the system is also that we want. We want these moments where it just goes bananas and you have everything at the same time because that's like where that's where the really interesting things happen. Like, oh, it was insane. We were fighting a rat ogre and then a, a horde came and then this uh, like cattle runner came and he jumped me and my friend came over and he helped me and stuff like that. So we want those type of sort of highs to happen as well. Yeah, it's funny because I, I I remember like I think there was I can't remember what mission exactly I was playing, but this, what, Jacob, help me for uh, Victor. What's the stabbing? 
scathing called? The one that jumps on you with the green yeah, blades? that's the gutter runner. The gutter runner. So there's been some yeah. times where I'd be moving in one location and I remember getting killed by a gutter runner. And then the mm-hmm. next time I come to that location, I just keep like looking around head on a swivel because I'm thinking it's going to come from the exact same spot. And sure enough, by the, no, time, no, no. By the time I forget, I get attacked by it again. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think like if you play the game, if you play it really much, you're going to sort of start to learn the pacing because if you play it the same way, it eventually, I mean, since it's a numbers game, it's gonna, if you play, if you play a level exactly the same, you might get a similar sort of experience, but um, it's, it's impossible to do. But so, so like our really veteran players, they know, okay, around this corner, that's a bad place to get sort of jumped. And then they will know that they should sort of watch out for that. But I mean, it's, it, it, there's never, there's no time in the game where that is a certainty, and and, and that's just like the numbers aligning again, sort of that when that happens. So. We're kind of wrapping up here. We should have a few more questions. I want to ask you personally, um, what are you most excited to play or watch or read uh, when you're done development on Vermintide Two? Oh, like uh, I don't know. Right now, I'm pretty excited about the Black Panther next week. It looks pretty cool. Uh, I, I I have two children uh, who are two and five, so I have no time to read. But otherwise, that would be pretty cool. Uh, um, I just I, I want to right now. I'm not really playing anything, so I, it's going to be cool to sort of be done with a game and just sit down and play a game. Uh, I usually like Far Cry pretty much. So and Far Cry is releasing like uh, two or three weeks in or like yeah, pretty soon. No. no. So that that might be cool. Yeah, number um, f- number five is is coming out yeah. very Hopefully recently. Hopefully, that's good. I don't know. I, I sort of I I felt pretty burnt out on five, on four, but we'll, we'll see. I I just currently finished uh, Assassin's Creed Origins, and I thought that was awesome. And I was really burnt out on uh, Assassin's Creed. Uh, but uh, yeah, so maybe Far Cry. Um, the last question that we had is: uh, Can you tell us when the game is coming out and on what platforms? And then, if there's anything you wanted to add that hasn't already been said, um, uh, we'd love to know uh, if we've missed anything here. Um, I can't really say when the game is coming out yet, uh, but we will be announcing it pretty soon, uh, like really soon, hopefully. Um, and then we are doing it on PlayStation and Xbox One, uh, but I can't say anything more than that. Great. Um, yeah. Is there anything else that uh, you wanted to say about Vermintide 2 or to the community uh, before we close out? Um, so we are we are running, like we have started some like secret technical tests and the beta will be pretty soon. So if you want to get in on that, you should... Uh, Go to our website and sign up, and you can also get get into it by pre-ordering the game. We're going to have a pre-order beta uh, closer to launch. Uh, otherwise, just uh, go to any of our like Reddit or our uh, uh, Steam forums and just give us uh, feedback and stuff what you want to see in the game. And uh, um, I, we we are closing in on release, so uh, now's the time to say say if you want something <laughs> sort of. Uh, and uh, just thank you for playing Vermintide. It's uh, uh, it's uh, it's 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 hard to imagine how much like uh, like it, it's so weird to like li- like when I was listening to your podcast, you sort of forget that there are actually people playing your game that you did, and it's it's really awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. It was great talking to you, and thank you for talking about Vermintide. And that's it. 
A big thank you to Victor Magnuson from Fat Shark. If you want to follow him on Twitter, his handle is at Zarpan, at Z-A-R-P-A-N. If you wanted to follow us, you can find me on Twitter at Jacob McCourt and Mo at M-M-U-R-T-A-D-I. We tweet about the show at Left Behind Club on Twitter. And finally, if you like what you heard, consider joining our Discord channel. You can find the link to that at leftbehindgame.club. We'll talk to you soon.